Welcome back, everyone, to Paper Movies, a novelization book club. I'm Adam. I'm the host for this month. Joining me are my co-hosts. We have Matthew, and we have Jeremy, and we have, as our special guest star today, joining us, Noah from the YouTube channel Quality Autism. Uh, both he and Jeremy are also the hosts of a 007-themed podcast called Live and Let's Discuss, and that's also what we're going to be discussing today is a 007 novelization. We're going to be talking about the novelization to the first Brosnan film, GoldenEye. The novelization was by John Gardner and based upon the screenplay by Michael France and Jeffrey Kane. Before we get started, though, just a quick summary. Um, when a general named Oromov uh, steals a a key called GoldenEye that can um, activate a satellite in outer space and cause an EMP. Uh, M sends 007 to investigate and who stole uh, GoldenEye and what, find out what they intend to do with it. And the uh, investigation leads to uh, Ormov's involvement with a group, a secret criminal organization known as the Yanis or Janus organization. And, uh, he finds out that uh, there's a figure from Bond's past uh, who is tied to this criminal group. So, yeah, <laughs> without giving away too many spoilers, <laughs> yeah. even though I'm pretty sure we're about to. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's all spoilers here. At the yeah. yeah. Club. Spoiler warning, uh, a minute 30 in. Yep. Yep. But yeah, the uh, figure from Bond's past was once his ally a former mi6 operative and his best friend named alec trevelyan who was presumed dead in the beginning of this book so 006 yeah sean bean from the film the man that dies in everything that he's in <laughs> except flight plan because that movie's lame <laughs> well he's been in like game of thrones and everything and like all the other stuff that i've seen like he his character always dies but anyway moving on from that so, yeah, let's get into just some thoughts for this uh, novelization, but let's start with our guest star, Noah. You're the one that actually finished it before all of us, so I think it's fair that you get to give your thoughts first. All right. So, should I say before what I think of the movie in general? Before yeah. we go into the novelization? Sure, go for it, yeah. Okay, I think... The movie itself is fine. Like, it's not one of my favorites, but it's decent enough story and everything. Uh, the film has some quips and dialogue, funny dialogue, which I didn't like, which is absent in this novelization, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's changed a little bit. And what I didn't like about the movie, like really disliked, was actually Brosnan as, you know, his performance. So I was curious if this book is going to be like, you know, going more into Bond's character. And I would say this book is decent enough as a novelization. But what Jeremy said while we were reading it, it's cutting out the fat from the film in a way. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it adds some things mm -hmm. yeah. that I thought were should have been in the film. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, continue. I was going to say, yeah, I like that um, there was a few scenes that were added, like a few dialogue. And like, as you said, Noah, there was uh, times where they cut out all those weird, you know, 
puns or one-liners and everything that yeah uh, especially especially uh brosnan's introduction in the movie oh um, i'm sad that that wasn't in because it's so stupid i was glad oh. yeah when yeah, he's infiltrating was... this uh, russian place in the film his introduction he's hanging like upside down in a russian stall when someone is like taking a dump and it's like yeah. <laughs> forgot the knock <laughs> yeah yeah that's not in here thank god yeah he's a cool introduction in this yeah, uh, yeah explains he's why there. he's there you know he's got something to do film i watched the film for the first time as well and i didn't really like the film that much i i told the guys here that i was like ah, i'm watching the film ah but you know the further the movie got along as i told them in the when i watched like the intro i was like i don't know how i feel about this uh but it got better as the movie went on but like some of the ridiculous stuff in the film like uh there's a car chase uh, well not really a car chase but bond is racing another car on this tight road on a mountainside and it's uh one of the characters that we it unravels to turn out to be a, a villain later on on a top yeah on a top they're racing down this mountain and like a semi truck comes in one lane so they swerve and there's a little thing and then i just thought uh, okay because in the book it's like one vehicle one issue on the road in the film oh there's some sort of stupid gag where it's like oh here comes a big herd of bicyclists up the mountain so they gotta swerve around the bicyclist and they're all stopped to look at the cars and then they fall over it's like that was stupid that was yeah. stupid what, what ruins that scene for me is the horrible soundtrack did you notice it the soundtrack yeah. is bizarre for goldeneye the goldeneye song by tina turner is bizarre it's kind of funny in how it is because it's iconic but it shouldn't be uh, I don't know. So I'm Goldeneye is one of my favorite modern Bond films. I think it was the perfect film for the 90s. Um, although you can make the argument Tomorrow Never Dies is a little better. It feels more Bondy, whereas this feels like a Dalton script that they tried to make goofy because it kind of was. Um, but the for the novel, I don't know about you guys, but well, I kind of know because we all have um, Matthew and Adam are actively reading the Fleming Bond stuff from the 50s and 60s. No one and I have read all of it. In fact, this was the first book I picked up Bond that wasn't written by Fleming. And it was a rough adjustment at first. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that was actually when I took notes down, that was like. After I've read like probably at this before reading Goldeneye, I've read like four or five Bond Ian Fleming books, and then I read this. I got whiplash. Yeah. I was just like, "Whoa!" There what? Are positives though with it not being a Fleming book. Number one, they don't bring up the Bond Scottish, which I is a pet peeve of mine that it's shoehorned in that Bond is Scottish because he wasn't Scottish until they cast Sean Connery. And then Fleming wrote it in later, which uh, Adam, I think, is about to come up on. <laughs> or I think you're oh. too away from the, when they start throwing that in. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, a weird appeasement thing. Uh, another thing is it's it's a fun read overall. 
Um, it's better than the film. I will say that. There are missed opportunities, though, in this. Um, I think there's an attempt to reference another Gardner Bond book in it. Hmm. But being someone who hasn't read a Gardner Bond book other than this, he talks about that there was someone, but she ended up being like a paraplegic or something that he loved. I thought he was going to talk about some sort of spoilers. Cover your ears, Matthew. Just give me a thumbs up when I can come back. Yeah, because he doesn't, he's not a Bond fan. I thought they were going to talk about Tracy. Oh. They set it up for that and they don't. Uh, Like in the movie. Yeah, and it's frustrating because, like, License to Kill, the film before this, a novel also by John Gardner, um, that that deals with Tracy's brought up in that. And that's the last time in the Bond franchise, as we know it, that she's brought up. And they had the perfect time to do it in Goldeneye. I mean, she's kind of alluded to. In- Not well. In, yeah. Not well at all. Um, yeah. There was yeah one time where I thought that they were alluding to her in the third Brosnan film, The World Is oh. Not Enough. Someone, yeah. yeah, someone asked, like, have you ever lost a loved one? And he just kind of dismisses the question. But anyway, uh, we should probably uh, bring Matthew back in. So, yeah. I just, uh, I, there was no way of doing that because Matthew's not a huge film Bond fan, so he hasn't seen most of them. I think, true. honestly, if Matthew had watched all the Roger Moore films, which we've advi- advised him not to do before right. reading the, the Fleming books, um, he would appreciate Goldeneye more. It balances the camp better. Um. I was wanting to ask you guys this because uh, we kind of alluded, uh, touched on it a little bit, but I kind of got with all of like, you know, taking out all the the cheap puns and, you know, adding like additional scenes. Like there's like, a, like they expanded on certain scenes, like the, the Admiral's death when, you know, Xenia was like, you know, sexually killing that man. And uh, they kind Thank of added. You. Thank yeah, you, the, you saying it and I didn't have to. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, but uh, like they they added a scene after that, and they've added like a few extra scenes here and there. But um, I was just wanting to, I kind of as I was reading it, I got the hint that Gardner was trying to write a serious Bond book, and yes, like, and that's just, but it's like he was trying to, you know, like go on the same the similar style as Ian Fleming like and make it more serious and for the most part I thought he did okay but I just that's kind of where but you know you can definitely tell it's not Ian Fleming and it was just mm-hmm. that's where I kind of got the like whoa you know that's I, the thing with the book and the film like I I like that I watched the film and read the book but I kind of regret watching the film before I read the book because when I'm reading some of that stuff with the on a top, like the way she does her killings and stuff in the film, it's just so goofy. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what is this trash? But in the book, it does read better and like not completely stupid. Cause if the film was stupid, <laughs> like with some of these scenes, but when she like, she kind of like, you know, she enjoys that in a more ways than you know, one should. 
it just makes more sense in the book. Yeah. And can I kind of just say about Adam your point with Gardner trying to write more series? John Gardner is such a weird author too, because he wrote in the eighties fourteen or sixteen, if you count the novelizations to uh, License to Kill and Goldeneye. He wrote sixteen James Bond books, and let's just say they vary in quality. Like his yeah, second there's... one, I told you before, it has mind controlling ice cream. And then some books later, there is like a plot about like Russians murdering like women by like smashing their head with hammers and cutting out their tongues. And it's like, oh. that's the same author in the same series. And Brutal. I, I don't know what he's going for. So I wanted to bring something up in this as because this isn't just like a paper this is like a special paper movies where we're not just comparing it to the film but we're also comparing it to fleming's work because we're all for the most somewhat aware of his work um the sexuality of this book was weird um because fleming had this way where his books for the time very explicit but yeah. they weren't pornography. Uh, it was not usually. As the '60s w happened, it kind of became more of that to a degree. Then you have like what Kingsley Ames did with Colonel Sun. That's a more sexual book, which we'll be talking about soon on Live and Let's Discuss. So stay tuned for that. But this was a little more sexual than that. It was a little gr more graphic, but it wasn't the short story that uh, Noah and I had the misfortune of reading, which was Raymond Benson's first Bond story, where it's <laughs> bookended by, at the beginning, Bond's with a 19-year-old, and he's got to be in his 60s at this point, and it ends with him with a 40-year-old who looks like a 20-year-old, and uh, I'll spare you the terrible puns uh, in it, but that it, Granny was it was uh, written for Playboy magazine, but like it was so it, to take Matthew's words out of his mouth, tacky. It was very tacky, and, and this is coming from me, the arguably the bad boy and the gross one of the podcast. <laughs> It didn't feel right. And in this, it was borderline. It just it just didn't feel right for a Bond story. Grant, a Bond book that was a uh, film that was PG-13. It just felt a little R-ish. Yeah, because you remind me, this one scene when Bond first, first meets uh, on a top. Oh, and yeah. she attacks him. In the film, it's just, it's played for comedy, obviously. Yeah. The, you know, sexual method of, of killing people. I think they actually have sex in the book. They do. Not yeah. in the beginning. It's uh, at the end when they're in the, uh, he goes to, I think to meet, he thinks he's going to meet Janice, right? Yeah. At the and hotel. he's in yeah. the, he's in the, uh, like the, the pool room. Mm. Yes. And she comes out and she's like drops her robe and yeah, there, it gets really graphic. I was actually really surprised at how graphic it got during that scene. <laughs> and then I she tries to specifically, do what he 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 penetrates and it's so because they're legit fighting yeah they're and fighting and he ends up 
I, I can't do it because we'll get an explicit tag. <laughs> but, but it really ends up uh, yeah, doing the deed. Yeah. 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 And I was like, why is this in here? It got weird. Did Benson write that part and then give it to John Gardner? He said, sure. I only got a couple more of these left. <laughs> well, like second to last book, I think. Maybe third to last. So I was going to ask, um, how well uh, did you uh, get? Uh, how well did you guys think that, uh, as a novelization, like, would you recommend this over the film? Yes, I would say I, so. I think it was a better story in a book than it was in the film because it did come across more serious. Gardner, I think he saw things in the film that he didn't like or in the script. Because I don't know how this one really worked out. I know you guys have told me that GoldenEye was a film first, and then Garner got, you know, oh, yeah, he needs to write the book for it. I think he took some stuff that he thought was really stupid out on purpose, and was like, that's not what the character would do. That's not yes. what the character would say. You see, I think he had an earlier version of the script. Okay. That's uh, possible, because there's something missing in here. Uh, the dialogue between Bond and Trevelyan um, for England, James. It's not in here which is a thing that has a payoff in the film. Yeah. Um, at I think, wait, 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 because uh, in the beginning, they have this thing like, for England, James, and then at the end, mm -hmm. they say it again, and Bond, you know, lets Trevelyan fall to his death. I think he actually says, like, screw you, scumbag, or something in the book. Yeah, he, or he does. Or something more graphic, which I'm not allowed to say. Yeah, he, he, he lets go. He, he grabs his hand, like his... Uh, that Trevlin tries to stomp his hand on a ladder so that Bond would fall, but the the uh, the ladder gives out and he falls. But Bond grabs his hand and says something to him, and then he you know, says, like, uh, "Screw off." Uh, I think I remember. I think he says, "Go to hell." Okay, if and I'm... that's how we get the explosive tag. Not my fault. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a place. It's just a place. <laughs> it's just a place. We got we good. Yeah, that's what he, it's exactly what he says. Yeah, he says, uh, "Hold me sure. up for heaven's sake," and he says, "Go to hell," and he drops him. Um, yeah. I, were there any additions in the novel that you? So loved? I wrote a little bit down with additions in general. The prologue and the first few chapters is different. Like yes, oh, yeah. yeah, big with time. him infiltrating the base. That's the most different. <laughs> Uh, because he kills like two Russian like chess players at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the guards uh, that were in their little outpost type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's also. Oh. Yeah, then of course we get the reason why he's destroying this place. It's like a chemical factory where they are developing weapons. Yeah, dirty mm -hmm. bombs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there isn't the scene where he like jumps after an airplane. Yeah, he yeah. just. Yeah, yeah, which is better because that's. That is a dated effect in the film. Like, I will say oh, the film yeah, looks like fine, but... You're, you're talking dated effects in Brosnan Bond films? Say it ain't oh. so. Oh, no. The airplane starts to take off in the movie, and it goes off the cliff, and he's riding the motorcycle he dives off, it, like... yeah. off the cliff and catches up to the airplane and gets in <laughs> and then pulls the plane up. That was so bad. In the book, he, like, rides up on the bike jumps on like to the wing and like kind of you know fights the pilot out 
and then he just takes off right quickly it's done it's done not stupidly right right uh, <laughs> i mean it didn't um, much to, to not be as stupid as the film but also i wanted to ask noah the tatiana parts are more expanded in the book correct with her whole thing of trying to get like out of the country and stuff before she's that is because there's one scene because in the movie, I don't think that's in the movie. Um, when she goes outside of the base after it's destroyed, she finds like this sled and a bunch of of like dogs. Uh, yeah, dogs. the sled yeah. dogs. Yeah. Sled dogs. And it wasn't like in the film, they are just there, right? Yes. Yeah. They don't have. I remember, I book, remember they... watching it. Yeah, I was watching the... it on a Pluto TV and like. There was an ad and then it came back and she was like with these dogs. And I was like, did, did the commercial play over the film and I missed something? Nope. <laughs> but in the book, there is actually like a paragraph saying like, oh, there was a guy like going along with his dogs on this sled. And then he just randomly died. Yeah. It's like his, crashed, his family broke his body and died. Yeah, he could. Yeah. His family is like waiting for him to get home. Yeah, and then he he died, but thank God he did because now she she can be saved. There was uh... in fact that's basically what Gardner says. <laughs> in like the, wow, what random luck! <laughs> Great that this guy died. It's there only was half a... stupid. Only half. There was actually one scene that uh, was in the book that wasn't in the film that I thought would have been kind of a cool addition to the film is like where uh after the train scene when they have to get to cuba and like bond has to like put on this weird disguise and everything and it talks mm -hmm. about how he hates disguises and everything and it's like that kind of been that would have been kind of fun to see in the film but and yeah i looked to see if there was like a deleted scene with that and there wasn't so yeah um i what was the one i wanted to... oh there's uh some lines some some lines like one-liners and stuff are left in there and i think that they're fine uh bond when uh when he's fighting uh Zenya and and we had the weird awkward uh penetration um he's like that def depends on your definition of safe sex <laughs> every time um and it worked in the book and um m one of my favorite m lines because there's a whole the 90s were full of like feminism and stuff in a lot of media and one of those things was m became a uh was is now a woman not like yeah. not like exchange but like that we have a new m mm -hmm. the woman. which i was disappointed because i was thinking maybe he he talks more about like the old m miles mesavi the character mm. not really he, a little he, bit yeah little. he me he mentions them like in the beginning like yeah because he refers to M as a him, so yeah. Yeah, and he talks about how M wouldn't like the way that the new M's office is. Yeah, it was more than just him too. Like other people in the office, like she had a nickname, like the numbers lady or something like that. Like yeah, the uh, accountant. Oh yeah, the book also talked about uh, Bill Tanner really disliking the new M. Yeah, because she uh, she like demoted him or gave him like this job he hated and everything. Yeah, she changed his, some... his job title. Now, I yeah, think that's it. Uh, it yeah. I think Gardner did a pretty good job establishing the tension, just like there was tension in the film. I thought he did it even better than the film. But I'm glad the uh, I think you're a misogynistic dinosaur 
was left in because I think it's a very good line. And it, it just it just proves that like because Bond doesn't like her particularly. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like Bond. But she does have a respect for him. Yeah, and you can kind of tell that he kind of has a respect for her too, like just because as an authority figure. Just like, well, you know, I don't disagree. I, I disagree with mostly everything you say, but you are my boss, so you know, mm-hmm. I'll do it. What did you guys think of the the extended scenes with uh, the American? Uh, the, I don't know if he's CIA or the Marine. Oh, uh, Jack Wade. Yeah, Jack. Oh, yeah. Jack Wade. Didn't like him. So annoying. He's the worst I, I, part of the book. <laughs> Uh, well, the ending of the ending was garbage in the film, and I was surprised that the same ending was in the book, where they just start to kiss in the field, and uh, all the Marines just rise up out of the grass. I oh, thought that no, was that, so that, stupid. That's a staple of the Bond films, though. Really? Yeah. I thought it was dumb. The, yeah, the, I mean, the film "You Only Live Twice" has a similar ending to that, or um, Doctor No, the last, too. Doctor the no. last line. The last line of this book, Bond needed no backup at that particular time. <laughs> so stupid. That was the that was the last line of the book. The Marine Corps helicopters bring in reinforcements. Bond needed no backup at that particular time. But and then it's over. Me, yeah. But this reminds me of something that I disliked about both the film and the book. In the old films, like You Only Live Twice, you mentioned Bond, when it's something big like this, he would go in with like an army. Like with like allies, yeah. And in the Brosnan age, he does all of this stuff alone. Like he's a one man army going in with machine guns, gunning the bad guys down. Yeah, I was disappointed with the bad guy in this because I expected like more of a battle of wits. If you have yeah. like a previous double O agent going against double O seven, and I mean, there's a little bit he does, uh, he ruins Bond's original plan, like when he takes off his watch. With the gadgets in it, mm-hmm. I would have liked to see more of that. But instead, at the end, it's like he's they hunting each other and then they shooting each other with machine guns. And 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 the, I will say this about the book: the end fight is lackluster, whereas in the film it's a little better. Hmm. Yeah, uh, for the Brosnan era. For for the Brosnan era, yeah. Craig, where Craig rolls around and does like Aikido or Brazilian uh, Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> dark. Like in uh, in Skyfall, I think that's Skyfall. It's either Skyfall or Spectre, where there's literally a, he has a fight with a dude, and it's clearly the stunt doubles are fighting each other. There's a shot in the dark, and the dude falls out the window. <laughs> I, I think that's Skyfall. It's next to is that's in Skyfall. It's one I of the most so. things in Skyfall, which otherwise Skyfall is a pretty solid film. So here's the thing that I also was a little bit confused about. Um, first off, there's one other issue that I had with Gardner's writing in the beginning of the book. I was so confused on the descriptions being used on how he was able to write in the film. In the film, he you know has the little hook, grappling hook thing that he shoots into the ground mm-hmm. to keep him. So he jumps with the bungee jump, shoots the thing so he doesn't fly back up in the air. I was confused of what I was reading during that, that part. I know. What you're and then when I saw the yet. film, I was like, okay, I get it now. But the, I don't know. Just like the, the way he was calling that 
piston or pistol piston thing. I'm like, what, what is this? What is he talking about? Um, that confused yeah. me, but the whole setup and the intro was definitely better in the book than it was in the film. I just didn't like that part. Yeah, no, I know exactly. I remember what you're talking about. Like, I remember well, it wasn't really a good way of describing it, but it's just like he goes into like this detail trying to describe and you're like, what? And then you watch the film and you just see what's going on. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. Um, so what was like, uh, oh, what was one you, scene, go ahead, no. one scene before we forget it, the cue scene. And I legitimately, I think I, ch I double checked the cue scene in this is basically non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Because I think I had to check because I, I was reading uh, the German copy of it. Mm -hmm. I checked my English copy of it just because I was like, is this abridged? when I read the Q scene, because it's like, it's not a scene. Because it's like two lines. You, you got to understand that uh, in Germany, they really like to abridge their uh, translations. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at Stephen King. That was horrible in the 80s. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I remember what you're talking about. They did, uh, I think the whole scene, they just kept it pretty much centered around like, Hey, what's this? Hey, that's my lunch. Don't take that. You know? Oh yeah, he picks up the Spanish. They kept some of the, the the tacky jokes, like "Oh, the writing's on the wall," which I'm like, doesn't mean anything. He blew. It's <laughs> mightier than the story. Yeah, is yeah. this a joke with writings on the wall even in here? Because it really feels like the I scene is like, was. okay, Bond got in, he got his gadget, then he made the joke with like that. That's my lunch, and then we are out, yeah. and it's like two or three I, I, sentences. It's, it's I enjoyed so that. Weird. I enjoyed it better in the film, that part. Even though there was some stupid humor in it, it was, you know... At least we got was, Desmond Llewellyn as Q. Yeah. It was weird. Okay, this was weird to read Q in a book. Because there's no Q in the Fleming books. No. Oh, should I tell you what, what's in the Gardner books? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Because the Gardner books kind of follow the Ian Fleming book canon in a way, but not really because Bond doesn't age when he's in the 80s, despite coming from the 50s, 60s. But um, because there is no Q character, he there's a Q, like, you know, there's section. Q branch. Q branch, branch. yeah. Mm -hmm. And he establishes a new character called, like, Anne Riley, and her nickname is Cute. And it makes you cringe so hard. <laughs> so tacky. I'm, yeah. I'm shocked that didn't end up in his uh, in this novelization. Oh yeah, I'm surprised too. So I was wanting to ask, like, favorite part, like, of this novelization, like that was not in the film. Like, what, uh, what was the part of the novelization? Basically, what I'm trying to ask is uh, a part that wasn't in the film that made you like the story better. The penetration scene. Oh my god! <laughs> of course, of course. Those two, those two down there. <laughs> yeah, and I get us the explicit tag, Jeremy. <laughs> I get it. I knew it was going to be them. I knew it. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go first. Or second. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
Uh, I get, I'll take this five seconds here. It's the same color as his shirt. <laughs> Are you proud? Good job, Noah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had to take the opportunity. It was <laughs> to make this joke. <laughs> Good question, Adam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then not ten minutes not ten minutes ago we hear from Jeremy. There's like, gosh, Adam, way to get us the explicit tag. <laughs> you yeah. did. This is uh, good, this is just adding to it. It's there's something fault. that I wanted to mention uh, that I I like that was different than the film. Um, of course, there's two things. I like the Jack Wade stuff in the book. I thought it was good. It added to the story because he drives him around town, kind of pointing things out, showing him like, yeah, you got to look out over there. Blah blah blah. Shows him where the uh, the train yard is. Yep. Huh? In the most annoying way possible. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they did the, the stupid name banter. He, call, he keeps calling him Jimbo and stuff like that. And he's like, don't Jimbo. call me Jimbo. He's like, all right, Jimbo. And it's like, okay, come on. This is mm. this is stupid. And then he gets called Jacko. And he's yeah. like, don't call me Jacko. Yeah, that was the stupid stuff. But like, I like how he took him through town and showed him where the train yard was and all that kind of stuff. Um, but did when he went to Totally no, I don't. I thought the thing that I remember from the film is when they were they were driving somewhere, and his car broke down. He's like, "Oh yeah, this is a dependable car." And then the next scene, they're like broke down trying to fix the engine, and he's like, "Give me the hammer," and he hits yeah, the, he, the engine and it starts back up. He was more. I remember him being more helpful to Bond in the book because he actually books. gave him a tour of the whole city. He's just like, "And over here we have, you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And then when they go to that, what is it, Valentine? Yeah, Valentine. Yeah. Valentine? Uh, Something that I that really caught my eye because I really like the Counting Crows band and the the singer in Valentine's Bar in the movie is singing uh, "Stand by Stand your by man. your man." Yeah, and here the singer is singing "Counting Crows Raining in Baltimore." And I thought that was really Who, funny. Who's who's singing? It's it's an actual. Is it Cheryl Crow that's singing in Goldeneye? I think it's just some. I know it's it was it's awful. It's awful, that... but it's a, it's someone who can actually sing singing awfully. Oh, but I, I, I want to say, I don't know. But I just thought that little Counting Crows thing was like, oh, nineties. It's the nineties. <laughs> yeah, it felt weird. It felt weird in a Bond book, but like, it, it was fine. It doesn't make sense though that they'd pick "Raining in Baltimore" though, because. It's more of a depressing song, and they're in like a bar hanging out, having fun. Uh, it's, it's I've never listened to Counting Crows in my life. So you need to fix that. It says the guy that. who loves Aerosmith. Yes. 90s Aerosmith. Like 80s Aerosmith. He doesn't in want to be the same, guys. I like all Aerosmith. Get out of here with that. I but we're know. talking about Goldeneye 007. Yep. His okay, book has uh, pictures. My book does not have pictures. That's good because we all don't like having the pictures in the book. This is true. True. Okay, but uh, what you reminded me of, Matthew, with the Jack Wade character, you probably didn't, I mean, you probably don't know, but that is that guy is played by the same actor who was the bad guy in The Living Daylights. Just like so. a couple oh, of really? films earlier. Yeah, Joe yeah. Baker. That's, that's weird. not the first time that's happened in the Bond franchise. No, we just talked about you only live twice and two Blofelds in there. 
Yeah, or um, General Gogolov. Mm. Oh, yeah. Somebody needs to explain and, something to uh, Octopussy. Yeah. What, what's that, Matthew? I have a question about Ormov. Mm-hmm. Were they working together from the beginning and it was like a fake death? That's or... the big question. Because it was like, oh, he shot him in the face. Because we see him, he's got a big scar on his face. Nobody else. I mean, Ormov didn't have a scar on his face. If if that was from an explosion, why didn't Ormov have a scar on his face? Well, because if it's from a bullet wound, then it's like, why does his whole face look melted? Okay, we know the explosion. It's because Orumov and his men follow Bond outside. Yeah, yeah. And then the building explodes with Alec obviously still being in there. I never understood, not in the movie, not in the book, what what it is with Orumov shooting Alec. Because in the movie, you can actually see him like two seconds after he shoots Alec. If you say maybe they planned it together and it was like a blank, two seconds later, Orumov shoots one of his men. Who yeah, fires that bond and actually yeah. kills him? Yeah. So I don't know what it was going on. Could have been one bullet was a blank and the rest were live rounds. Isn't is that a little bit dangerous? Yeah. It's a risk he was willing to take. I almost dropped an F bomb there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, a, it's a plot hole. It's a humongous plot hole. I thought it would have been explained in the book, but uh, I mean, it's yeah. like, okay, so they're buddies. Did he really shoot him in the face? If you wanted that explained in the book, don't get John Gardner to do it. But it's kind of like a stupid thing, though, because it's like they play like, oh, Trevlin, he's like Trevlin, whatever his name is. It's like, you abandoned me. You abandoned me, Bond. It kind of gives him an excuse to be bad, you know. But you already had you already had a plan of some sort. Maybe they only maybe he and Orumov only became partners after that incident, which is also confusing. Yes. But, but you could make the argument that, that that's plausible because what's his face? The guy who owns the nightclub, Bond, kneecapped them. Um, oh, was Valentin. Yeah. Yeah, Valentin. Yeah. yeah, I liked their little banter back and forth. Their relationship was kind of funny. He's like, why don't I return the favor? And he like shoots Tries between sh- his legs. Yeah. Yeah, I've always liked that scene where, you know, from the film, Valentine tries to exit his club and Bond puts his gun to his head. He's like, hmm, listening to it. That's a Walther PPK. I think I've, I only know three men that use that kind of gun and I killed two of them. And Bond's like, hey, lucky me. And all of a sudden, yeah, today, one you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I, I prefer Valentine in this than I did in World's Not Enough. Yep. Which he does come back. And World's Not Enough is just a bad film. It's just a bad story. I always like that line that, you know, like Valentine's just looking at him like, hmm, James Bond, a charming, sophisticated secret agent, shaken and not stirred. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I mean, he's good. I think I like him more in the film because he's played by a good actor. It was Robbie Coltrane, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who is Hagrid from the Harry Potter films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was the? I was gonna ask, like, what was the scene that you like, a part that you just like absolutely hated? And I swear, if someone mentions that scene again, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. If I, hated. I don't know if I would say hated, but the Q scene was so non-existent, but still in here, it was just weird to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it's just that's kind of essential to like. 
you know, the Bond films, like, you know, the, the Q scenes, like there was always like that, you know, bickering between them. And that's kind of like where we were talking about earlier, where, you know, they were trying to turn this into like a C.S. Fleming like book. And, you know, Q, Q is basically non-existent in those. And that's but just, still keeping this one joke in there. About a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I do have to say better in the film. Say what? It, it works better in the film than it does in the book. Yeah. My issue is still is like the non-explanation of Ormov and Boris. Like I was thinking, was Boris <laughs> with working with them the entire time, Ormov and Onatop? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's yeah. a little bit more obvious because I mean, at least Boris didn't get like shot by his allies or something. Right. Like, you can say I mean, he, he, like, he just vanishes, and it's like, well, that helicopter only carries two, unless he sat in someone's lap. You know. Oh, that's right. I never even. Oh. Yeah. So it's like you know he was like I'm gonna go outside and smoke and he sees a helicopter and he's like oh crap I gotta get out of here because he he's not supposed to he, he wasn't supposed to use that exit to go do what he was doing so he mm -hmm. like snuck away and then all of a sudden he's like oh don't you can't trust anybody talking in Italian he's like meet me over at the church and she goes to the church and then on a top is, is with Boris and they is that in the film yeah um, yeah it's stupid scene in the film. And it's, it's a stupid scene in the film because she goes into the church and she's like up at the front, you know, at the altar, like there's candles. And then there's like a sudden gust of wind that blows the candles out and like the chandelier shifts around and she turns around all frightened. Oh, and, there's like some, and there's like some old lady sitting down praying and then she like runs to the exit. And then uh, Boris, you know, it's like they try to do a jump scare where Boris jumps out. He's like, it's just me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Didn't say he was invincible in the book, which he is his catchphrase in the film I Did just he not say that? that are you sure yeah he also doesn't in his scene when he's introduced there isn't like his computer stuff you know yeah he he's a goon he's more of a goon in the film than he is in the the book i don't think he died the same either did he no he did yeah, he, he did he, he, did. he got, he did. um did he get the t1000 death it was yeah, the t1000 death it was two sentences, and it didn't have the "I'm invincible" line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In the book, he's running away while the base <laughs> being destroyed, and then he gets like the Terminator Two death. Yeah. yeah. But in the movie, of course, he does like his pose, like "I'm invincible," and then because so everyone had to die with liquid nitrogen. I mean, that happened in Demolition Man. Only that that had the better ending of Wesley Snipes got his frozen head kicked off by Sylvester Stallone. It shattered on the ground. <laughs> All right. Oh, um, and, and Matthew, I think I should warn you. So we talked a little bad about GoldenEye, and I'm pretty sure some people are going to get upset because this is a top 10 Bond film for some, mostly those who grew up with it, because... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I this is one I thoroughly enjoy. It's one of the first ones I ever saw. Well, hey, I played the, the game, the Nintendo 64 uh, game, and I, I was gonna, loved it. Yeah, I was going to say, let's not all forget the video game. Yeah, yeah. That's what, like, I the love greatest, the game. Uh, one of the greatest console first-person shooters ever. Yes. I don't know. And I, I think the game, the game is also a big part what people, like, think of, and then they like to ignore there are some problems with this story, like in general. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to be able to it's play like, the game and again. I have to tell you. We had Noah cutting out for a second there. Yeah, he's yeah, frozen. I mean, you said you fought. 
Oh, here we go. Am here I we go. Not really. I'm leaving this in, by the way. It's the internet crashing. Fine. Oh, great. Should we? Um, anything that anybody else wanted to add to? Well, well, I was gonna say uh, when it came to the video game, um, for all the why are we talking guys... about video game on paper movies? I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, I just want to point this out, Matt. Like, well, Matthew said that uh, like he wants to play the video game. I was like, if well, anybody well, ever plays, you didn't brush his hair before he came onto the stream. I'm just going to say, if anybody wants to play Matthew against a video game, you know, if he's that guy that will leave mines at all the respawn points. So, <laughs> so that way when you I respawn, did. you'll die within like three seconds. And Get proximity mines at the spawn points. <laughs> the only way you're going to beat him is you got to play his odd job. Yeah. Well, even then, yeah. We had that um, no, no odd job rule. <laughs> uh, but, so I just want to go ahead and just go ahead and move on to one. Would you recommend? And two, what would you guys grade this book? We'll start with Noah. If I would recommend, well, who would I recommend it to? to well, I mean, just like seen the, yeah, people who have seen the film, they might get something out of it. Like you said, it tries to be more serious. It is somewhat of a different experience. But don't expect too much like new detail, because there isn't really much. If you think like it's gonna explain the plot hole, like with Alec Trevelyan being shot, not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess if you enjoy the film but you have problems with it, like the terrible humor, most of it is cut out in the book. So that's a plus. So I would say yeah, uh, Jer- generally, yeah, you you can read it definitely. What would you grade it? Out of ten, or yeah, I'll just out of ten, I... but however what? Okay, out of ten, I would say six out of ten. It's like above average. It's like decent enough, but nothing like too special. Uh, what about you, Jeremy? I recommend it to the John Gardner fans because it's probably one of his better books. I recommend it to the casual Bond fan because you're going to get something out of it and it's going to be what you expect, whereas the Fleming Bond fan wouldn't get anything out of this. In fact, I wouldn't recommend it to Fleming Bond fans because they're two different uh, beasts there. Um, As for this book, I enjoyed it. Uh, Not at first. It took a bit to adjust. But once I did, and I shut off the part of my brain that asks questions, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, I give this a 3.89 out of five stars. Okay. And a half. Uh, 3.9 and a half. Okay. 3.98 and okay. a half. Okay. Uh, what about you, Matthew? Well, I'm going to have to agree with both of these guys. Uh, yes, it does have things that uh, are different than the movie, but it, it to me it deducts more than it adds. It takes out most of the cheesy stuff and, and fixes some other things, adds a little uh, more perverted things. <laughs> but yeah, for the Ian Fleming fan, like my, like I started reading the books. I'm four books into the Ian Fleming series. This is completely different. It is a completely different James Bond. 
it is that 90s action nonsense type movie because there are so many big questions that did not get answered with the main villains of the book you know uh the the threat was good i thought the golden eye the emp situation was cool but also a little tacky because the guy just wanted to rob banks you know just make money and that was it instead of just you know i want to cause destruction and chaos and turn people against each other and just be that cruel villain i just wanted you know like bond even said in the book oh you're just a simple bank robber i think yeah. those were his words yeah but, the bad guy's uh, motivation doesn't really make sense yeah it's just kind of silly uh but that that said uh yeah if you're looking for a fun like 90s action type movie novelization this would be fun you got the james bond stuff in there with m you got the cool gadgets from q it was fun i do recommend that you read the book over the film but then maybe you should watch the film too uh it go, it's a good set to to do to read both read and watch just so you could get the i don't know a good balance between the two you know you like the cheesy stupid humor watch the film or something a little bit more a little bit more serious the book is a little bit more serious than the film i will give this a c plus so i agree i agree uh basically uh i was going to say uh if you're a diehard fan of the films and have no interest in even reading the Fleming books. You just want to stick to the films or the video games or something like that. Then you, you might as well just skip it. I mean, it's just, if that's like all you enjoy, then yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to them. But if you're, if you want to read the books and like, if you're an avid bod, uh, 007 fan and you want to read like everything, yeah, then yes, absolutely. Go ahead and read it. Like I said, it's got some differences to the film and you know, they're, while some of them are good and some of them are not so good, you know, it's kind of fun to pick out those differences. Um, yeah, uh, but my rating is going to be a little bit differently. Um, as a fan of, like, as a book itself, as a book itself, C+, as a Bond book, I'll give it a B-. minus. I'm shocked. Why? Hmm. Kind of a high rating for it as a James Bond book. Yeah. I thought well, you wait, were going to say D-. <laughs> <laughs> actually, hold on. I got that backwards. It's actually uh, the other way around. Novelization, <laughs> B-, minus, James Bond. C yes. Yes, that's it. Okay. Sorry. Okay. That makes, <laughs> okay. that makes okay. Okay. a lot yeah. more sense. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yes, uh, Bond book, C+. Plus book itself novelization c uh b minus that's what I'll okay because it is a a very easy read and like you can finish it within like a day or so or a day or two and but if you have yeah. time <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i will uh do want to say there is a funny story behind the golden eye novelization and because i remember uh when we first started paper movies we kept talking about like matthew was kept asking i wonder if there's a uh a golden eye novelization because I really love the, the game and everything. And Jeremy kept saying there is, and he's like, man, I really wish there is. And Jeremy was like, there is. And then one, the one day I just went to the bookstore, like, Hey guys, look what I found. Matthew's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh man. I don't, you just can't trust anything. Jeremy says it's always. 
just kidding. It's just, it's but just guys, after, but guys, after reading this one, I think we need to read License to Kill. We do. Absolutely. The other that is, novels. That is a much more serious story, which Matthew might enjoy more. Yeah, I'm curious how it, what his take would be on that. Yeah, and on the movies themselves. Oh, yeah. Because for me, going from Dalton to like Bland Brosnan, as I call him, it's like... It's a weird adjustment. Yeah, no, especially I... in GoldenEye. Like you said, it's like they had a Timothy Dalton-like script, and then they tried to insert like a Roger Moore-era stuff. Yeah, and they ended up going into Roger Moore-era stuff. That's the frustrating thing about... Um... Brosnan's Bond, it becomes just camp galore. Well, they've Especially... got, I think all of his films were turned into novelizations, weren't they? Yeah, Raymond Benson yeah. writes the other three. Okay. I'm not there's enough, there's that. enough James Bond novelizations that we could do one a year, you know? Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. yeah. All of them in one year. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about that. It'd be kind of fun. That would be. That like would be did... confusing oh, with like Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker because they are novelizations to movies that are based on books. Yeah, that's and that should tell you something. Bad. I mean, yeah. Matthew, you even said like you wanted to like read the Moonraker novelization after reading the original Flem book. I thought that would have been kind of fun. No, but, uh, but Jeremy did told me he's all... like. Don't. We both. You're not I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna follow that advice and not do that. Matthew, yeah, I mean, you're not ready for any more era stuff right now. If you think this is campy, oh god, oh, it's gonna get Wait worse. Wait till you get to the bad guy who explodes. Remember, <laughs> Jeremy, living. Yes, that I remember. How can I? Can I? How can I not remember that? Or um, yeah, rest in peace, Yafet Koto. Someone decided Christopher Walken would make a good Bond villain. Oh no! In a view to a kill. Oh no! And Ro so and Roger Moore thought that that facelift was a good idea. It really made him look older. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we're going to go ahead and. Uh wrap it up but anyway guys thank you all again so much uh, also special thanks to noah from quality autism for joining us on this discussion of the novelization of goldeneye everybody be sure to go check out noah's channel at uh, quality autism we'll provide links and everything also be sure to go check out uh noah and jeremy's podcast you can find it on basically all the podcasting sites like you know uh, uh apple apple and spotify and there's even uh, links to it here on youtube so be sure to go check it out they've are they're going to be discussing which bond book next we have an episode coming out next week of you only live twice you only live twice yeah. followed by we're probably going to tackle um colonel, colonel Sun. Sun. awesome awesome yeah so be sure to go check those out and also be sure to uh stay tuned for next month's uh discussion we're going to be discussing the novelization to hook and uh also matthew and his wife oh. recently uh did a uh did a, a live stream discussion about that so we should go check that out as well but oh uh, yeah that was a that was an interesting conversation go check that out before we dive into the hook novelization next month i think you'll get a kick out of that and hopefully the answers uh are going to be in the book that we uh we have a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions for Hook, so. 
Well, guys, thank you all so very much. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Watch it before you get hooked on hook. Yeah, here you go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway, guys, thank you all so much. And uh, you guys have a great day. Bye, Bye, everybody.